Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker. Worker of yours. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns and Foster, Temper Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60 month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Good afternoon, St. Louis DGS on KMOX. Happy Monday. Am I the only one that's like, I'm terrified of the heat now. Like, like it's hot. It's it's very muggy and uncomfortable, but it's not, like, I didn't catch on fire. But after last week and all of the, like, it's going to be 150, you know, like, like I, I walked out today and I, like, braced. like. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> And then it wasn't so bad. And I, I was know. like, oh, okay. I know. The humidity is nuts. It out wasn't there, so bad. It's horrible out there. It's not as bad as I was expecting. This guy. Le- yeah. This guy is all about the dew point. I pay attention to dew. Last night, 90 degrees at 9 o'clock. You're, you're also wearing layers. <laughs> you're inside. I'm yeah. inside right now. I'm hot. But I'm when not. When you go outside, you take the jacket off. <laughs> uh, well, I just go straight to the car. <laughs> if I'm going to be outside Sprinting for a period of car. time. Dave, I'm not wearing this jacket. He's like a preteen. I went to a, a preteen. <laughs> Is there something wrong with your arms? <laughs> no, all the kids yeah. want to layer up nowadays. I went to a, a 10-year-old's birthday party yesterday. Happy Those birthday, Catherine. People. And all the preteens were wearing like hoodies. That's right. <laughs> And jeans, and it was super hot outside. It's but cold. That's Feel this what they table. want to do. This table go. is cold. When We're, I put my arms on this table, it's cold. It We're is literally room temperature. Ten inches from each other, and yeah. I'm sweating. I'm in a sleeveless shirt. No, I'm, I'm sweating. Not. I feel and great. You're in a jacket and layers. I feel perfect right now. <laughs> so hot. Feels like a preteen. <laughs> it's just it, like a preteen. It covers your screwed up arms. Whatever's going on under there, I don't know, but <laughs> they're just hairy arms. Don't show. No. You want to see my hairy arms? Don't show. <laughs> Uh, if you want to do me a solid and make an old lady happy, go to our Facebook page. There's a picture of my mom with her great-great-grandchild, Katie, that we took over the weekend. And my mom loves it when she beats Andrew for the most liked photo. And uh, I think you guys are pretty much back back and forth, back and forth, neck and neck. Yeah. She always ends up. Uh, she always ends up just squeaking out the win. She'll cheat. Uh, so <laughs> go take a look. It's crazy though. It's just crazy. Like, I think we captured something like these two ladies were born 90, 96 years apart. Mm. Wow. <laughs> it's nuts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I liked it. It was a great photo. It's so cute. It's and, awesome. and just like the one I told you about from when I was five and they took the picture of the, the five generations, uh, on this one, I'm also just outside the frame trying to get into it. <laughs> and he's like <laughs> leaning in. Being held back. Photobombing. He's like, hi. 
<laughs> Dave's like, and 58 years apart. <laughs> Just wanted to provide perspective. <laughs> I do have some photos I should post because they're ridiculous because I was wearing my short shorts. And uh, I sent them all to Rage, and I'm like, which one should we put post? Like, you know, obviously I'm looking for her to go like, well, <laughs> the sexy legs picture. Yeah. And she goes, uh, oh, I think the one of your mom and, and Katie. And she goes, those are some shorts. <laughs> like, <laughs> Thank you. Uh, are they like the old Larry Bird shorts? No. I, well, I fell for it. I fell, I fell for a lot of things. I was on TikTok, and there was a young guy with really great legs. He's like, these are the shorts of the summer. They're five and a half inches from your blah, blah, whatever. And I'm like, bought. Blah, blah. And, uh, yeah. And They're five and a half inches from your blah, blah? From your nipples. <laughs> Just pull them up real Which high. Which would be optimum. Right? <laughs> that yeah. would be the best. <laughs> the uh, old Abbott and Costello pants. We call them, them blah blahs in the Glover family, okay? <laughs> are they bird dogs? I don't know what a bird dog is. Those, it's a brand. Yeah, they're just like no, super they're, popular. No, they are. If no one talks for three seconds, I can think what they're called. No, nope, it's gone. Um, I'll wear them in tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Nice. Get a look at those stems. Yeah. You, you wear like, you wear you wear a short sleeve shirt. <laughs> We've all been wondering what to wear to the company barbecue. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Dogs. It's tomorrow, isn't it? <laughs> guess, who, guess who won't be there? Us. That's right. What are you doing? Oh, we feel so Working. bad Working. We're on the air. Uh, yeah. Oh, that's right. They always have parties in the middle of our stuff. Yeah, same. They, they're not too worried about us. Yeah. That's I like, why I think nobody knows we're here. Yeah. Because we're not any, at any of the at staff anything. meetings. Yeah. No staff meetings. During we can switch show. with you. We'll do the midday show and you guys can Hell do the yeah. afternoon yes. show tomorrow. So that's a pretty good idea. Oh, yeah. we can yeah. go to the forever. barbecue. Forever. Hmm. Forever. Don't challenge us on that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm ready to do it, so. <laughs> Be home by 3 o'clock? Are you kidding me? So in the news uh, right before, they're talking about a uh, happiness expert from WashU, which I didn't know that was an option when I was in law school. Oh. <laughs> I would have been way better at that. Um, <laughs> that one just really got to me. It's like, holy hell, no one brought this up. Uh, can I jump right in with uh, Trump since the, uh, since the debate's coming up Wednesday? And when I say this, everyone's going to, it's going to be a big duh, of course. But it really hit me today. The reason Trump should be there on Wednesday, there's just, there's only one, there's only one rule for Trump. Don't be boring. Don't bore your people. Your people aren't looking for intellectual, you know, you be, you, you wowing them with some sort of a policy or some sort of a theory. They're looking for bombast. They're looking for entertainment. They're looking for you to be the strong man and to own people and to insult people and call Christy fat and call somebody lazy. Like that's really your only job. Now, I don't think, I don't think it matters whether he's there tomorrow as far as winning the nomination. I think he's way too far ahead and people have already proved they don't care about the indictments. He's going to get the nomination if he wants it but it's just you know when you have to know your brand and i think his brand is entertain don't bore and so the fact that he is at least at this point not planning on being there i think he is taking his first step into risking being boring thoughts well he's, he's counter-programming with I, the pre-taped interview al- right allegedly he's going to pre-record an interview with tucker carlson and air it on twitter Slash X at the same time, which I find boring. I mean, I just, I just don't. I mean, he, he, he does that kind of stuff all the time. People, I don't think people care about that. People want to see him beat up on people. 
I want to see him beat up on people. I mean, this this will this would really be something to watch. I bet you the ratings in the first twenty minutes uh, are pretty good, and I bet they fall off the table and are terrible after that for Fox News. Mm-hmm. They have to be dying. Is it possible that he's one of the reasons he's not doing this because his lawyers are like, don't. Because if you say something Quite. stupid, it can be used against you in one of these four places. I have, another, I have another theory. I don't know. I mean, if it's public and you say it and you make, you, you know, you just say something off the cuff that sounds bad. Yeah. But everything he says sounds bad. I and know. Everything he just does saying. Yep. Flirts with, uh, you know, criminality, unconstitutionality. And he really has proven so far that he was right when he said he could stand on Fifth Avenue and shoot people and people would still vote for him. I have a theory, and this will make Trump people mad, and I'm not trying to make you mad. I I just really think this, uh, and I would think this if I loved the guy. And if I were planning on voting for him, I would still think this. Um, He is always—Biden is a very old 80, Mm -hmm. and Trump has always seemed to me to be a very young whatever he is, mid to late 70s. You know, he he has more energy than I do, and he's running around doing all this stuff and yelling at people and, you know. But I have a feeling that he may be cracking a little bit. Everybody ages. Um, I, I know that he doesn't see the world the same way that most of us do, so all these indictments probably— I would be in a fetal position in my bathtub crying. He He's not, but it has to have an effect— We've all seen some photos lately where you're like, "Woo, no one checked that one, did they? I just have a feeling he's kind of hiding a little bit. I don't think he's afraid. I just think that he's probably going to age a lot for him in the next few years. Like, we're used to Joe being super old. We're not used to Trump being and looking and acting super old. In fact, the opposite. I'm used to him seeming to have more energy than me. But I have a feeling he's about to take a... A downward turn, just naturally. I mean, maybe if he's planning on hiding because he's already in the lead. I mean, that worked for Joe Biden in 2020. So he might as well if he's facing all these indictments and he doesn't want to get caught saying something that'll get him in trouble. That's really smart. He might as well just I had forgotten that. I had forgotten that everyone was mad at Biden because how dare you? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. This would never this would never happen. But if Joe Biden were to switch out Kamala Harris with a more moderate Democrat. And again, this one is way out there. Let's say he switched out Kamala Harris for Joe Manchin. I feel like he would just run the table on the election. So many people who really don't like Trump but really hate Biden and think, oh, my gosh, the lesser of the two evils. Biden looks like he's going to die. Kamala Harris is not good at being vice president. Uh, her she has historically bad approval ratings, but Donald Trump is a disaster. If you had the Biden mansion ticket, which again I know would never happen, I think Biden would run away with it, and it wouldn't even be close. But if you're thinking that, and I'm thinking that, the powers that be are thinking that, which means there have to be some sort of gentle behind the scenes conversations, right? That has to be happening. And I've always thought there's no way you can take the first African American vice president female vice president and go, you're out uh, unless she does it, quote unquote, willingly. Hey, you're going to be a secretary of state. You're going to you're next up for the Supreme Court, whatever it happens to be. That if you can give uh, Kamala Harris something where she would say, I'm enthusiastically stepping away, then you could bring someone else in. But that's the only way you could do it. I still feel like the only thing that matters in 2024 is the swing voters. 
So does Joe Manchin change any of their I, minds? I don't think he's got the I, man. Think, I don't think so at all. Well, I, mean, I think he does. No, he does with, who with in the cons- swing group extreme is like, conservatives, maybe. But, but who in the middle, the undecided, yeah, the swing voters is like, yep, that fourth indictment did it for me. I'm on Trump. I mean, those are people. His people are never leaving him. He's got them cold. What about the 10 percent that sway back and forth? I mean, every election is now what? Two percent? One percent? Half a percent difference in the voting population. The people that both candidate, both the Democrats and Republicans need are the middle of the road people. I think it would and be, they're not going to go for Trump, are they? I think it would be someone like me that would swing, you know, from a Republican. And I, I did not vote for Trump. Right. So I, I'm already there. I didn't vote for Trump. So maybe I don't count. But I have talked to um, other people who are like, man, I. Biden, this is a disaster. Kamala Harris is going to be a disaster and Biden's going to die and that's going to be terrible. But I don't know what to do. I I would rather just go with Trump and hope for the best. But if Biden had a more moderate vice president, like a very moderate mansion, is not would that change your mind? I think it would. Like you would you would vote for Trump if Kamala Harris is the vice president. Oh, no. Well, this I is what I'm saying. Like, Trump. who's no, going to say I'd rather have Trump. the. And again, I'm not talking about the diehards. I'm talking about middle of the road swing voters. Who's going to be like, yeah, you know what? If it's Kamala Harris, I want the guy with four indictments. I think there might be some. Because they could have picked him last time. I don't think it's going to be Manchin, though. Okay, what about this? What about third? Well, like you said, swing party, third party voters. I just. Well, that's the interesting part is the whole. I feel like there might be more Republicans who either didn't vote for president or voted third party who have historically voted Republican. I mean, I've voted Republican as long as my voting life as I've been around up until Trump, until 2016 and 2020. The first two presidential elections that I didn't vote Republican and to say, which is crazy. And then again, in 2024, if Trump is the Republican nominee, it Mm. will be three presidential elections in a row. I'm a guaranteed Republican voter who did not vote Republican. I think that's kind of my point. They have to get you back somehow. Right. And people Mm -hmm. like you. Mm -hmm. People like you that want to vote for a conservative candidate, but cannot for that particular candidate. And I don't see how the the other team's ticket changes that. I don't see how Manchin going from anyone, I mean, from Kamala Harris to anyone, because nobody's voting for the vice president. We could say, well, if Biden dies, she's the president. Yeah, okay, fine. So you'll end up with two years of this goofy person. I would be more comfortable with Biden-Manchin than I would Mm -hmm. Biden-Harris. Would it make you vote for Trump? No, no, no. I think what what Amy's saying is that it would give her... uh, a warm enough feeling to vote for Biden. Biden. Yeah. yeah. I would vote Biden and Republican down ballot. I voted Republican down ballot on mm. like, I, my goodness. I mean, I'm not proud to put it out there. I voted for Josh Hawley. I didn't vote for Trump. So I voted Republican down ballot, but I did not vote for Trump and I would not vote for Trump again. I could see I, if it was Biden mansion, I'd vote Biden mansion and then Republican okay. down ballot. Here, here's the problem. You would have to then hope that people are just Democrats. Then people who identify as Democrats are are voting for Biden no matter what. There's no chance they'd ever vote for anybody else. Because I don't think Joe Manchin does it for a lot of them. So you might be gaining right. some more conservative people, but you're going to lose progressive people. So you might, might might just end up being a wash altogether. You can replace Harris. I don't know who this person would be with somebody else. I don't think Manchin's the guy, though. Would He's not the one that's like, going to move the needle for like Would it be someone like Jeffries? Yeah. Hakeem yeah, maybe Jeffries. somebody like that. Yeah. But again, it has to be Kamala Harris's 
not idea. No, but she got to be good with she's it. She's got to yeah, at least she, publicly. Yes, yes. And I don't know what you could offer her to make her go along with it. But you can't. You can't just you know replace her. Playing the song, uh, I'd never heard of Yodo. Y O T O. Anyone know what that is? No, no. It's some. It's Yoda's some, brother. It's something for kids. Uh, I, I, something about kids, music, games, all that kind of stuff. But uh, they are offering Queen's greatest hits to introduce kids specifically to Queen. But they've taken Fat Bottom Girls out saying that that's something they don't want kids to hear. Hmm. And so people are divided, saying, like, hey, why don't you go outside and practice falling down? This is Queen. Either you put it all in or you don't, plus shut up. Uh, thoughts? Well, who who doesn't want it? I, I did see that Fat Bottom Girls was trending. Yeah, I didn't click on it I didn't today. Either. The, the people, uh, I just the figured it was an anniversary who, who or something. doing this Yodo thing yeah. don't think that kids should hear Fat Bottom Girls, so they took it out of the greatest oh. hits. I don't have any problem with that. I heard Fat Bottom Girls when I was a kid. Yeah, I mean, I like, I don't too. really have a problem with it either way, because when you're a little kid, you don't really make anything of it. But, and like, the rest of Queen if is you took totally it out, I don't think friendly. that's a controversy. <laughs> is it? You just gotta, I mean, like, I think it's a reasonable thing to say that some parents may not want the kid to hear that. I guess I also think we project onto kids all of these adult issues when really I remember hearing the song as a kid. And one, I really didn't think anything of it. Or you just think, do they just have fat bottoms? I don't know. And then you move on. And you just think like only their bottoms are fat. You're like, that's kind of funny. And then that's it. You don't think of it anymore because you're a kid. I don't have kids that age anymore. So I don't have a dog in the fight. But... Um, I would have never thought of Fat Bottom Girls as being the the one you should take out. Right. Yeah, I don't either. But especially since kids, pretty much, and Rach, you know better, having little nieces and stuff. But it seems like kids listen to kind of everything. Uh, if you're listening to any kind of hip hop kind of stuff, then I wouldn't worry about Fat Bottom Girls. Right. Again, right. I'm not the parent. I don't care. It doesn't really make that much difference to me. But what you just did with the Streisand effect is make every kid now want to hear Fat Bottom Girls. <laughs> Dave Maybe that Kevin, was the point. <laughs> Dave and Kevin, were you guys super, like, super cautious and super alert about that stuff when Not at you all. guys were raising your kid? Like, making sure that whatever you're listening to on the radio didn't have any swears or whatever. The only thing I remember is with Nick uh, picking him up, because uh, his mom and I weren't together, picking him up when he was about four or five, and he had a new CD. And he goes, hey, look at this. Mom gave me this CD, and it was in sync or Y98 or some bull crap. And uh, so I'm like, okay, well, it starts now. So I pulled out Back in Black. I'm like, okay, this is ACDC. We're going to start here, and we'll, we'll work our way through. And uh, and then with Phoebe, Phoebe was a lost cause. Um, <laughs> you know, again, we were driving in the Jeep that one time. She was probably eight. And we're just having a great day, and the top's down. And I'm like, hey, can I play something for you? And she's like, yeah, sure. And I put on Working Man uh, from Rush. And about a minute in, she goes, I don't even know what's happening right now. <laughs> <laughs> 134 DGS. Uh, let's talk a little Cardinals there since so we don't have uh, Ricky today. Um, so you're saying over the weekend, a little barren at uh, Old Bush? Yeah, yesterday especially. I mean, I saw. I know it was early in the game, the pictures, but even if you watched some of the screen, you know, if you watched the game or even if you saw highlights on Twitter, it's pretty sparse. Now, look, it was. It feels like temperatures like 110. You know, I mean, it, it's understandable, but the Cardinals haven't been in this position since the since the 90s. 
Okay, yesterday. Were they totally out by August? Yesterday, special because it was so hot. But the crowds have been bad. Oh, yeah, they're going to keep going that way. I'm not asking you to crap on Cardinals fans, but are you surprised at all uh, that, you know, baseball heaven, the the greatest fans in the world, but our first losing season in a while and people stay home? No, I, I, I see that with every fan base, but in particular baseball fan bases, because it's a big commitment. It's not like a football team where it's once a week. I mean, I see, like, you look at places like uh, Cleveland, Detroit, um, even uh, even like the White Sox, and sometimes to the Cubs too, where when they're really, really bad, it's empty. It's empty on a Sunday when it's 100 degrees. I don't think that's unusual at all. And all of those places I named are per, are really good fan bases. They're not like people that only show up when their team's going to win a championship. Wrigley has a built-in audience because there are people who come, who Just, are yeah. visiting, and they want to see the ballpark, right? Because right? right. it's old and right. whatever. But um, I always thought it was a weird thing when people criticized fans for not showing up like, Oh, you're fair weather. You only like the, you only like going when they're good. Well, that's yeah. I mean, that's kind of it. And unless you just love going to baseball games, it's summer. I only get baseball for six months of the year. So I'm going to take advantage of it. There, There is no, it doesn't make you a better fan for going when the team is really bad. Well, having done sports call in radio, as long as you guys have done, do you think, because we definitely get credit for being like the best fans in, in baseball, do you think it's deserved in that after all of your decades of doing this, are the Cardinals fans more loyal or do they start stepping away? And I don't mean like, oh, I hate you now, but when we are we just like every other fan base, basically? I think we're a lot like every other. It's just that there's a greater volume of it. Great, More people are Cardinals fans just because of the history of it, the yeah. reach of this station and for years there was never a a team west of the Mississippi aside from us you know so there's there's that decades long generations long foundation of a fan base so in that regard I think we totally are but other teams are really supportive of their of their other fan bases are really supportive of their teams if the teams are good and just like anywhere else they're less likely to show up if the team isn't I mean, I, I haven't pulled up any numbers, but I'd be willing to bet if I went back and looked at Cardinals games in the 90s, we'd probably see pretty low attendance numbers when they weren't, you know, those years where they weren't yeah. very good. Um, they had, a, they've had, I mean, like the, the team has had a 20 plus year run where this hasn't happened. Right. So you have a whole generation of fans that have literally never in their lifetimes seen the Cardinals be bad. To them, bad was you missed the playoffs by two games. Like that was a bad year. That's what a bad year's been for 20 years with the Cardinals. So I do think there's a little bit of the younger Cardinals fans being a little bit spoiled because it's all you know is being good. But I don't think that the Cardinals fans are any worse than any other because now that the team is struggling, they're staying home. That's normal. That That's Texas. That's Detroit. That's pretty much any city where you're getting to this time of the year, especially to schools back. It's 110 like, I think that's totally normal. Have we done anything so far to make you feel better about next year? Like, okay, I, I see where you're going with this. I mean, the, the hope is built in the in the young players, right? It's in Jordan Walker and Nolan Gorman and now Mason Wynn being there and Goldschmidt and Arenado being back. Like, there, there's a really great group of position players where you're like, I can definitely see how that would be good enough to win with. But there's nothing we can see now that's going to tell us what their moves will be. 
and they, they they need to make three to five significant pitching moves. And there's nothing now that can convince any fans how they're going to feel about that. They're going to have to see it to, to get excited about it. Put money aside, would you be excited to have Flaherty back or would it be a big womp? Well, I I would like to have him back if it's um, it, it can't be the only thing. Obviously, I would say, but if he's part of a rotation and they've got other big plans outside of it, yeah, I would say if he's back, he can't be your big get. Yeah, not because he's not possibly that, but because to me, the lack of trust is basically everything that's happened since he started having shoulder problems. Because once he started having shoulder issues, his performance has been more of a roller coaster. And we yeah. saw it with Baltimore. Mm-hmm. His first time out with Baltimore, he was amazing, throwing ninety seven. Through what six or seven shutout innings, and then his last time out got in the eighties. I think, yeah. absolutely rocked, and that's been the problem with Jack is he's been riding the roller coaster now for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. And to be fair to him, this is the first year he's been healthy since twenty nineteen. Right, like he was hurt in twenty twenty, he was hurt in twenty twenty one, but that's why he can't be the big ad. So if yeah. you brought him back, that's great. You need someone bigger than him yeah, he's, on top of that. He he has to be like part of the plan, right? You know, he can't be the Main That's not part of the plan. No, no, no. Changing no. topics, which we do here in the crossover hour. Uh, at the top of the show, I was referencing the uh, the WashU happiness expert who was saying that, hey, don't discount how much these kids uh, in college now have gone through with COVID and everything's different. And then I was reading an article today with everyone throwing things at performers and, you know, hitting them in the face with phones and such. And it was blamed squarely on COVID. And, and they simply they, they weren't justifying it. The person was just saying, we have forgotten how to act. We, we just don't know how to act in public anymore. anymore. I think that's kind of ridiculous. Yeah. We weren't in a coma for three years. No. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. How long were we actually locked down? To me, this seems like, I, look, I was here. I remember it. I got COVID. But I think it's also one of the biggest excuses for just not wanting to do your job and the big excuses for not being very good at your job. You know, like we've talked about this, so it's like, oh, supply chain this and supply chain that, COVID that, your wait's going to be 45 minutes. I think we've really blamed a lot of stuff. Some stuff, certainly. I mean, every single kid, whether they're in first grade or freshman in college, they suffered through that. But is that why we're throwing things at people on stage? No. No. I would they were doing that, that for a long time. I would call that though a, a lack of consequences. Yeah, there's like people know they can get away with that's crap. That's what I was gonna say. You can get away with anything, and I do think our current political environment, where we're indulging our basest instincts, which is just to name call and indulge every emotion and mock and throw things. Absolutely, I think it's oh wow, I can I can act like an idiot and get away with it. Sure. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if throwing things at uh, people on stage has anything to do with our political environment. No, I think, I, I think, I think it's, it's just the whole culture, though, because your political yeah. environment is a product of your cultural environment, and our cultural psyche right now is you get away with it. People were doing it again. I've I've seen concert footage from the '90s and uh, throwing water bottles on stage at performers. It's been a thing. It just seems to be worse now than it's ever been. And I wonder if because it's getting more attention now, more people are copycatting it. Okay, final topic for this segment. Um, I think it was during the break that Amy was saying something about someone was mad at you uh, 
for not voting for Biden as opposed to voting for someone else. Or like if, if someone were to vote third party, mm-hmm. people would get pissed. And, and Wheels, you said something to the effect of, I don't think friends should ever get pissed at friends for how they vote. Do you think that's realistic or do you think that we're just in a new era now where our friendship is contingent on us getting along politically? I think it's more important than ever. Yeah. In my lifetime, no question about it. Yeah. I mean, people get more fired up about it now than they ever did. Right. But should you is my question, because I have friends and family members that are from one end of the spectrum to the other politically, and they're all still my friends and family members. Uh, un- and I'll still hang out with them. I, I, I guess uh, no, unless you think that by virtue of the way they vote, it says something about their character. Yeah, if they have, like, really what you Then they wouldn't be your friend if you had questions about their character. The New York Times had an article about how you should cut... You guys should have seen the look Raji just gave me. (laughs) A lot of my friends have character. Yeah, but the New York Times had this story about how, like, this is such a critical time. Are you going to be the right side or the wrong side of history? And if you have family and friends who voted for Trump to cut them out of your life because you've got to send a message, let me tell you, we're all going to be on our deathbed one day, and I certainly hope to hell that you're not thinking about Biden and Trump on your deathbed and you want to be with friends and family regardless of who they voted for. When we had Major Garrett in town for the book signing and we were on stage talking about that, I think that was the last thing we talked about is how after writing that book Mm -hmm. about Trump, some of his family, I'm sure, or friends. Going to Thanksgiving Yeah, what was it like going to Thanksgiving? And, And the one thing he said was, you know, he's got friends who are, upset and his I think it was his best friend or something from grade school who is not especially happy with him because of the book and the thing he said is we can't lose everything right now we we have lost a lot because of our politics but you can't lose friendships because of it and he tries very hard to keep the two things separate and I think we should all do that I've got friends who I absolutely do not agree with at all on anything politically but I still love them I think a lot of times whenever you reach an impasse with uh, something political and a friendship, it the politics are kind of representing something else. That's Good wrong. call. Yeah, I, I because I don't know. It just kind of seems like it's the thing that pushes a lot of people over the edge. Like this person was already getting on my nerves. And then I found out you don't support this right or you don't this. And the, I I don't know. I think a lot of times politics are kind of like a surrogate for a deeper mm. issue. Or, or you know, no. there are people who feel like I didn't realize before that we had this fundamental difference and you're not who I thought you were, but. Yeah, because I feel like in my circumstances, we've been good friends and it's just this got heightened to a degree um, that you either don't talk about it or it's going to cause a major issue, whereas every other aspect of the friendship is fine. It's yeah, it's 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 almost I don't know. It's almost like arguing against religion as if you're like an atheist and uh, someone who believed in God. Were not, just, not a lot of middle ground. Yeah. And they're just yelling at each other. And like, you great have to analogy. come to my side. Well, one of them is not going to come to this other side. It's a really great analogy because it's not like if you were Baptist, non-Presbyterian and we can argue about whether, you know, women should speak in church or whatever. It's. There is no God, and you're stupid if you think there is. And no, there is a God, and this is who it is. That's more the way it is with Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. There, I mean, I'm sure they exist, but I don't know many people who are like, I don't know, I like his policies. But, you know, I, people either look at it and go, are you kidding me? How do you not see this? The guy's facing a 1,000 years in prison, and he probably deserves 10,000 years in prison. Or he hasn't done anything wrong. 
He's a modern day martyr. He's, you know, a, a wonderful person who's just been railroaded. There's very little space. There's very small lily pad to stand together if, if, if you hold those differing views. And, and I can, I, I, if one of my friends feels that way, and I do have quite a few who do, I can live with that even if I don't agree with it. It's when I feel like that person has a disdain for uh, groups of people who are marginalized and can't do anything about who they are. So, for example, if it's somebody who's gay and they have a problem now with homosexual people because of that, and I see it, and I see it in their Instagram posts or their their Facebook posts, then, yeah, I start to question whether or not I like this person. And if it was somebody before that I really cared about, how could you not? How could you not have a feeling about somebody else who just hates groups of people for no good reason? I can't live with that. Do you think there's a a corollary on the other side for people who like groups of people that you didn't realize that they liked? I mean, I'm much, I, I mean, I've always, okay, my entire time on the air, I've always been like, look, I'm pretty conservative when it comes to fiscal things and yeah. cops on the street and, and, you know, protecting our country and personal responsibility, but I'm pretty agnostic on social stuff. I really don't care that much. Well, I care more now. And my thumb is solidly on the side of let's let's be nice to people. Yeah. I'm not a patsy. I'm not just like everyone, whatever. I don't care. But but I'm always going to come down on the side of people over corporations. And unless you're doing something to hurt someone, just do what you want to do. I'm yep. not your boss. Uh, do you think there are people who are mad at people because of that? That they have my view? Oh, definitely. I, I, I can't tell you how many, but I think they think you're part of the problem. Whatever the problem is, I can't identify that problem, but whatever it is, they think you're part of it. Uh, if you guys ever want to get in on this, you always can. 314-436-7900, 800-925-1120-154-DGS. I have not one but two crab stories, which is two more crab stories than I thought I would have today. <laughs> First one is that... Uh, In 2003, Red Lobster ran an all-you-can-eat crab promotion and lost $3.3 million. (laughs) People can eat a lot of crab, man. I love it. Casinos love that all-you-can-eat crab. That's awesome. Red Lobster underestimate us like that. Yeah, come on. Uh, And secondly, like if I were to say, like, if we were playing a game on a Friday, I said, name a crab. What kind of crab? What's the number one crab that comes to your mind? Soft shell. Keep going. King. King. There you go. They're the best. No, they're not. They're not even a crab. What? Uh. King crab or not crab? What are they? What are they? I don't know. I read the entire article. Fighters. They're called fake crab. And they're <laughs> not. But but they're literally <laughs> not the same species. All right. Okay. It changed well, my it like really screwed my day up. I mean, it's one of those like simulation things where you're like, hey, just tell them that king crab aren't crab. Um, let's see here. King crab, horseshoe crab, porcelain crab, hermit crab. All considered false crabs. What? <laughs> well, why do we call them crabs then? Oh, I figured it out. They're a taxon of decapod crustaceans. Oh, oh, oh yeah. That, you figured it out. Yeah. Yeah. I think that clears it up for everybody. <laughs> Sounds like a good news, bad news diagnosis from a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> well, they taste like crab, let me tell you. False crabs. <laughs> 
Good well, news sorry, is, Sid, you got crabs. Yeah. Bad news is, <laughs> but it's just one big king crab. Yeah. And he's not even really a crab. And that's a false crab. So I'm sure your wife's gonna be fine. Do I need a special shampoo for this one? My brother-in-law just had horseshoe crabs. Yes. Again, false crab. <laughs> Don't worry about a thing. That's uh, everybody. <laughs> that's a real chicker you got right there, though. <laughs> yeah. I was 58 years old and I found out that uh, king crab are not even crabs. What they're the more, they're, they're more still like, delicious. Yes, they are. They're more like hermit crabs. Will you stop reading Google and <laughs> they're acting sharp, like... Though. Wikipedia. Who used to do that? Who was it? Tony. Yeah. <laughs> Tony would do it. We'd start talking about something. No, not like, we. Click, 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 click. Her. I have to have her back. Here was Tony's move. Rachel would be like, okay, so here's a story. Turns out that uh, king crab are not real crab. And you'd hear click, 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 click. And Tony would be like, yes, they are uh, a different type of crab. They are considered a false crab. <laughs> Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them, with more coming in. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future in vehicles, and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified, diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you, a hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.